Hello everybody, this is your host Fahrenheit, and welcome to the first ever episode of Detective Marvel. In this podcast, we basically just go over everything Marvel and DC related, and you know, it could be TV shows, movies, video games, etc. But yeah, I just want to share my thoughts on everything comic book related, because I love that, that's what I love to watch, listen to, read. Pretty much every day, so I just thought I would share my love with you guys. And so basically, today we're going to be going over the second episode of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. And yeah, I know I probably should be going over episode one, but ah, it. Uh, I feel I wanted to go over uh, each episode weekly, and since number two just came out, you know, I just figured we would go review each episode each week, go over kind of like some hidden details, Easter eggs, and stuff like that. And then once the show's over, we can kind of rewind and review the whole series with episode one in it. Um, so, yeah, the episode kind of starts out with, you know, uh, John Walker going, uh, going into his uh, football uh, room. <laughs> I, I, you can clearly tell I can't play sports, or I don't play sports. Uh, into the locker room, I mean. Uh, uh, filling up his old locker, number 10. And you can actually see before that, that they passed by um, his jersey, number 10, you know? It was either before or uh, when uh, Battlestar walked in, and we'll get to him later. Um, but yeah, they were talking about some special ops missions a couple weeks before they, went, they got th- to that place. And, you know, maybe they'll bring that up a little bit because we're still kind of in the dark about John Walker's whole... Uh, where, where he came from, you know? Cause in the comics, he was actually, uh, what was it, uh, the Patriot or something like that? Uh, the Super Patriot. And he was really brutal, and, you know, he, he was kind of like, um, if DC fans would probably know, um, uh, I forget his name, but he, he's the dude who took over Batman when his, uh, Bane broke his back. Uh, yeah, you guys would probably know. So... Yeah, he, he was he was called Super Patriot before taking on Captain America's job. Um, the government, in the comics actually, the government uh, had Super Patriot take up the mantle of Captain America um, instead of Falcon, actually, because in that time, you know, they didn't want the, the uh, patriot of, patriotism of America to be a black person, which, this time, like, around this time, it's, you really think about it, it's all fucked up, really. Um, so, yeah. And as uh, John Walker's running onto the football stage, uh, you can hear the band playing in the background, the Star-Spangled Man, you know, from the first Captain America, the first Avenger movie. But instead of uh, singing, they're playing instruments, of course. And you kind of get that reflection of, yeah, it's it's almost like the first Captain America movie, basically, because the government's having him do presses, met like sign stuff, you know. Uh, it was basically like how Captain America was sent out to convince people to buy war bonds. Um, and you know, the Star Spangled Man was uh written and uh the lyrics were produced by uh Alan Mekin and David Zippel, and when that new Captain or I'm not even going to call him the new Captain America. I'll just call him John Walker. When John Walker runs out onto the football field for his Good Morning America appearance, 
uh, yeah, we have an updated version of the very song that was played. Um, so, yeah, John Walker's origins, as you know, was, uh, here is actually much better than in the comic book, where he was, uh, react or reactionary, uh, almost, he was almost a supervillain. Uh, in the comics, he was actually a supervillain, and then he became a hero, and then he became a supervillain. So it's kind of like all back and forth with this John character. Um, and later in the episode, you can actually see Walker using his shield to cushion Battlestar's fall, fall from the truck. It's a pretty classic comic book style that Captain America maneuvers a, a, a couple of times. Um, and Cluster's Grove. Georgia is a fictional town in the Marvel comics, and that's indeed where the John Walker of the comics came from. Uh, whatchamacallit? Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of a nice nod to John's history, you know, since he came there. Um, and John's wife, uh, Olivia Walker, she's actually a new creation for the MCU. Uh, she, I, as far as I can tell, there, she doesn't really have a Marvel comic counterpart. Um, also, John Walker mentions he's been a captain before, and that probably refers to both his military service and becoming the new Captain America, of course. Um, so yeah, and also when he was in the interview with, uh, the GMA person, I can't really remember her name. You can notice how he quickly diverts the conversation away from when she was talking about how the, uh, um, uh, I, I, I don't know, I'm, my brain is just in a clusterfuck right now, um, the, some college, or MIT was studying their, uh, was studying his body and his stuff like that, so, what I think happened is that him, John Walker, and Isaiah Bradley are, or not Isaiah, but why did I just, I meant Battlestar, they are kind of, uh, the first super soldier, well, not the first, but they're the new batch of super soldiers that were with, uh, that I think Power Broker made, and the identity behind Power Broker, I think it's, uh, think, uh, they are, is that they are the, uh, oh, speaking by they, I mean John Walker and Battlestar. I think they're one of the newest, uh, I think Thaddeus Thunderbolt is Power Broker, and he created these new, um, super soldiers, you know, because you don't really know, a lot of people think that he was blipped away from, or he was vanished from the blip, but I think he actually became president, and he that and he created all these super soldiers in secret to try and create uh the, like a dark avengers you know so like some group that he can control and he can tell them where to go like he was trying to do in civil war you know and that was pretty much what steve was fighting for all about in civil war was the freedom in case another some like something else happened and they knew they had to go there but the government was telling them no you couldn't and people could die more people could die than wh who they could have saved and i yeah that's what i think's going on so i'm trying to think so battlestar of course his name's lamar hoskins and um on tv hoskins is played by the award-winning canadian actor clee bennett um you actually may recognize him from the roles of like the expanse and the man of the in the high tower um 
The Marvel Studios version of Lamar Hoskins is an old military buddy of John Walker's, and he's kind of established as the new Cap's new side or as the new Cap's new sidekick. Kind of like how like Bucking Cap or you know like Walker, he doesn't really seem to have any powers beyond just being a great soldier with a lot of patriotic tactical gear, and he has a Kony Battle Star, but. Right now they don't really show him, but I think they they have some sort of super strength because if you saw the the footage of him throwing the shield, I mean, come on, like it. Unless that that shield can just, I I I I think they have or if um if, if Battlestar doesn't have it, then John Walker has to have some sort of the uh super soldier serum. Um, so. Uh, after the bus, like that truck scene, you know, they get their hands handed to them. I'm just going to call the supervillain group the hand because that's much fucking easier. Um, even though I know the hand's like more of like a ninja type shit from Daredevil. Um, so after they get their ass handed to them, they, uh, Bucky states that he can, he does know someone else who did have the super soldier serum. His name was Isaiah Bradley. And in the comics, he was actually. Or even now, they stated that he was a, a retired super soldier who served secretly during the Korean War. He actually encountered Bucky slash the Winter Soldier, or was actually the Winter Soldier back then in 1951. And he actually took off half of his metal arm in the brawl. But after that, he spent 30 years in prison where he was constantly experimented on by the government and Hydra. Uh, this whole thing is just a very touchy subject for Bradley, obviously, and he does not want to react. And he does not react well uh, when seeing uh, the Winter Soldier now ex-Hydra assassin Bucky walking through in his uh, presidential pardon. Uh, actually, in the comics, Isaiah Bradley was one of the 300 African-American men who were used in the government's attempt to recreate the lost Super Soldier serum that turned Steve Rogers into Captain America. Uh, this was a direct reference to the hor- horrific historical... Uh, to uh, I'm probably butchering butchering this, but uh, the uh Tuskegee syphilis study, uh, where it was pretty much the U.S. government would go to these poor African countries and inject them with syphilis to see who would survive and who would die, basically. Um, uh, so in the comics, almost all the men died, with Bad- Bradley being the survivor who took on the student shield and fought Nazis in World War Two. He actually became like the one of the first black Captain Americas. Um, but before, but because he stole the suit and shield for what he would be his final mission against Nazis, the government tossed Bradley in jail for treason. That's where he remained for 13 years. Uh, we also see, we also have to point out that the teen who answers the door in the scene is Eli Bradley, uh, which is a kind of a big deal because I think they're all setting up to towards the Young Avengers. If you think about the new Ant Man movie, you have uh stature. Uh, Ant-Man's daughter, who, who's going to be in there, uh, Hawkeye, uh, Kate Bishop, um, of course in here, Eli Bradley, in, in The Winter Soldier, they had, um, when they were talking about like Doctor Strange and all that uh, with the Hydra agent, you can actually hear that it was some Asian uh, super teenager kid who won like the World Fair, I don't know, it was something like that, I have to refresh on that. But that could be in reference to Cho Chang, who was, or Amadeus Cho. I don't know why I did Cho Chang. I, I'm thinking of something else. Amadeus Cho, who's uh, actually, he's pretty much like the mini Hulk. 
he's like the teenager hawk, you know. He's like he's like she hawk. He can still retain consciousness and like he he's so he's like Professor Hawk basically. And that's where I think they're going with this. I think they're going towards a young Avengers, and I think that's I'm all for it. So with the power broker, uh, after watching them use flash mob techniques to rob a, the bank in the first episode, uh, we get to see what the flag smash or their flag smashers. I just call them the hand, whatever. They kind of sound the same. Uh, are really up to and capable of, and actually this episode. Not only are they all super strong, they're power enough and coordinated enough to be Battlestar, Captain America, Winter Soldier, and Falcon. Their mission: stealing a lot of super soldier serum from a mystery from a mystery villain and rage texter known only as the Power Broker. This Power Broker person is powerful too. They've got a fleet of sleek cars and well-armed men on their patrol. So who's this power broker? In the comics, Power Broker Inc. is run by Curtis Jackson, an evil businessman who sold superpowers to whoever was willing to pay for them. And he also chucked all the people who ended up horribly disfigured into the sewer to hide his mistake. <laughs> That's fucked up, but, I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. His uh, clientele, including a lot of people angling to wet wrestle in the Ultimate Class Wrestling Federation, uh... Some of Jackson's clients in the comics included John Walker and Lamar Hoskins, so that's where I got the theory from. Um, and there's another Easter egg. It's uh, 2187. Uh, after Bucky comes up with uh, the uh, definitely bad idea to visit Zemo, uh, Baron Zemo, you know, he, he's going to be in this TV show, in prison and interrogate him about Hydra's experiments on Isaiah Bradley, uh, we see what the master schemer's up to. He's sitting alone in a cell. Serving out his life sentence for the major international super crimes he committed in Civil War. Uh, and also, he's being kept in cell 2187. You know who else was kept in cell one, or 2187? Princess fucking Leia. You know, <laughs> from Star Wars. Um, you know, it don't, it, that's just a fun Easter egg that Marvel likes to do a lot. Because, you know, Marvel is owned by Disney. Star Wars is owned by Disney. Or Star Wars is owned by Lucasfilm, who's bought by Disney. And, you know, you can't really take all that seriously. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much all I have for this episode. If if you have any suggestions or what you want to hear next, just let me know. And I'll be definitely more than happy to include that in my next episode. So, uh, next episode uh, will probably be since tomorrow on Tuesday. I'll be releasing this on Monday the uh march 29th tomorrow is tuesday uh march 30th and flash uh the new episodes coming out for that and also the new season of supergirl or i guess the final half of the season for supergirl is coming out um because it was superman and lois but they had a covid outbreak while filming the rest of the episodes for superman and lois so they kind of had to uh, remove that spot and replace it with Supergirl and you know it's kind of sucks because I was really looking forward to this episode of Superman and Lois but now we just kind of have to wait till May but uh, after Tuesday I'll probably be uploading again on Wednesday to give my thoughts and feedbacks on those two new episodes so make sure to uh, stay on the lookout for those and yeah I hope you had uh, some I hope you learned something and maybe I could learn something from you guys. So, yeah. Uh, this is goodbye from now. Godspeed.